This is an extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast of a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. All right, let's move on to the uh, anticipated, excitedly anticipated Dr. Swift Superintendent. Back to school, 2022. Thank you, Madam President and trustees and members of the community. I appreciate this opportunity to give the back to school update. Uh, because the board is moving into a part two of their summer retreat this evening, we will give, as we have actually for a few years, our back to school update in two parts. This evening, we'll kind of focus on those things uh, that our parents and families and staff and students need to know to start school on Monday. And then coming back, in September, we'll give a more in-depth update on our capital improvement program projects and many other things that have been going on over the summer. Um, as you are aware, I think, trustees, the school district is just bustling with activity as we prepare for the 22-23 school year. Uh, this building that we're sitting in tonight has been a very busy place uh, for the last two weeks, and I think downstairs they actually have students uh, in uh, registering and picking up their schedules even as we sit here tonight. A very very busy time. Uh, we are so delighted to share that our AAPS schools will be fully open for academic enrichment and community activities during this upcoming 22-23 school year. The welcome mat is out, and we're excited to see our parents and families uh, joining us. Uh, we began this week, and Andrew, uh, I, I couldn't believe how many schools he actually got to yesterday, uh, but these are some photos of the professional development that's been underway. I just want to show you two things. So we began this week uh, with our school teams yesterday. Monday was a day that teachers were able to be in their classrooms. And then yesterday we began, trustees, you have this book. We began our work uh, this year all together on belonging through a culture of dignity. Uh, that's our theme and our in-depth work uh, to really bring to life and activate and move forward our equity work. It was my great honor to join the Mitchell Scarlet Huron IB Continuum yesterday, and to hear from Daryl Phillips, uh, Huron 2020 graduate, who was our first IBCP graduate in business. And trustees, I really want you to meet this young man. I asked him if he would be willing to come and visit with the board, and he was delighted to hear about that possibility. His story is an inspiring one of overcoming life challenges, and uh, he is currently studying at Eastern Michigan University. He is a first-generation college student with a passion for fashion design, and he has opened his own business. I'll send you the link. Uh, it's a, um, a, a design business, and I know we'll all want to lift up his work. This morning, we started all together on Zoom, uh, about 2,000 of us in school groups across the district, with the author, uh, Cornelius Minor, of this book, We Got This. And this is really the activation of this um, this approach, a culture of belonging, um, a culture of dignity, and then the We Got This is about listening to students 
and ways that we authentically listen to students. Cornelius Minor calls it um, the um, superpower of educators to be able to truly listen and hear students. All of these sessions have really come together with a focus this year. And in fact, Daryl Phillips wouldn't have had any way of knowing our theme or our professional development focus, but he shared yesterday what a tremendous turning point it was for him when one day his teacher, Christy Garrett, who many of you know, um, asked him what was going on in his life because she did detected that he was struggling. And from that conversation, uh, things turned around and he was able then to move forward and make the progress that he has. So um, Cornelius Minor says, what we hear can spark action that allows us to make powerful moves toward equity by broadening access to learning for all children. Trustees, some of our tools that we've picked up during COVID are so awesome because Cornelius Minor is a middle school teacher in Brooklyn, but he was able to sit together with us through Zoom this morning and all of our school teams were then able to work around that theme through the day. So it's been a great week of professional development. I just want to thank our teachers, our support staff, and our leaders, our uh, teaching and learning team. Just an extraordinary effort uh, to get this school year off and running. Uh, let's talk about all the necessities of school. A transportation update is very important. Trustees, as you know, for really more than a year, we have worked without pause to build our bus and transportation staff. We never let up on that because we didn't want to have a situation where ever again where we would be short of staff. Uh, we don't take anything for granted, as you all know. We monitor that every day. But I just want you to know, as of tonight, uh, we have 103 drivers with eight substitute drivers and more drivers coming out of training during the next few weeks. This means that we are fully staffed uh, for our transportation routes to start school. Now, trustees, I've, yes, can we take a moment and just celebrate that? And I just want to give a shout out to all those Durham drivers and I, I appreciate our parents who took them treats last year and supported them. Uh, they have hung in there and we're excited to have a fresh start this year. Uh, we have also worked to reduce the elementary walk zone. I have not said a lot about this because, frankly, I was concerned that we might not be able to actually do it, but we have achieved the reduction of the elementary walk zone from 1.5 to 1.25 miles, and that does does then trustees wrap in the two or three areas that were critical last year that we were all a little bit concerned about and now they are able to be transported. This means that 88 additional students are now eligible for transportation. Uh, we are just a heads up parents. We are transitioning out of the bus tracker. You all recall that it had some fundamental challenges in it. One of those being that if the bus was offline getting its oil changed or tires fixed, 
um, then the bus tracker wasn't accurate. Uh, so there is a new software that will be coming uh, called Tyler System MyStop, and Ms. Margolis will be rolling that out with the Durham team in October. It is a new, improved software support tool so the families will be able to see where the bus is reliably and know what to expect on their transportation. We're also delighted to share that the AAATA is back to full-service operations this fall, and so our eligible high school students, and there are a large number of those, have already received their AAATA bus passes, and they're ready to go. Now, one of our most popular um, uh, COVID innovations at elementary school is Driveline, which is the pickup tool. And trustees, uh, I, I think maybe only one of you has elementary age children at this point, but our elementary parents, it's where they put the hang tag on uh, the mirror. And when they drive through, um, actually, I think two of you have elementary children. Uh, when you drive through, then it alerts the classroom so that there's a more orderly pickup of students. So those family IDs have already been assigned, and schools have the hang tags and labels ready so that we can begin this popular support with pickup time right away this fall. I want to share a little bit about food and nutrition. Uh, all our school food service teams are staffed for the start of school. I do want to caveat that by saying we do have about 10 critical positions still open. We continue to interview daily. I want to share that this will in, not impact food service to students. They've made some adjustments so that they can cover those 10, uh, but we are keeping a cautious eye on that uh, part of our labor force. Um, trustees, we talked about this a lot last spring. The federal program to provide free breakfasts and lunches for all has ended. I was hopeful that Governor Whitmer and the legislature would move forward to do like many states have done, and indeed that has not happened to date that Michigan will be stepping in. So we have a lot of work to do. I'm giving a sound out, a call out to everyone in the community to support with this effort. And that is all of our families are encouraged to go ahead and apply for free and reduced lunch. The application is available on the website. You can see right here where it is. It is cell phone friendly and available in five translated languages. And we will support with translation for any other languages who may need this help. The application is straightforward. Ms. Margolis shares that it takes about three minutes to complete. Our school teams are on a full court press, but trustees, we should all think about who we know that might need extra support with getting this paperwork in. I know it seems... Um, interesting, the, the concept of time during COVID, but it has been three years since families had to do take this step. So we're very focused on this. Now, as a side note, Mitchell, Pittsfield, Scarlet, and Pathways students all qualify for the free breakfast 
and the free lunch, and that is under the community eligibility provision. So we're very grateful for that. At those schools, it is automatic uh, from the USDA program, and that is based on the number of eligible free and reduced lunch students compared to their total enrollment. As a note, uh, we are allowed to assist families who qualified for meal support last year, and they are also allowing us to use the pre-pandemic list, and all of those families will get the 30-day waiver. However, trustees, that 30-day clock starts on Monday. That time will speed by. So we are just really asking our community to help us, and we will be working hard at school to check in with families and make sure that the paperwork is in. Another key and critical area is our before and after care program. We have worked very hard over two years, really to attract, recruit, and retain. We've redesigned the program and really have worked to add aftercare, before and aftercare members to our team. Steps we've taken included increasing their pay and benefits, combining with lunchtime and recess in order to make full-time jobs and trying to attract people uh, who were interested in that, offering paid training opportunities for advancement. These steps, I'm happy to say, have attracted some new employees, and we've also, unfortunately, but not surprisingly, have experienced the attrition of a few team members over the summer. So we are continuing now to interview and hire. Where we stand tonight is that we will offer um, before and after care at five AAPS schools. Those are five Title I schools, so we are living our value of equity. The sixth program will open in September. That one is already confirmed, and parents have been notified. Uh, and those fall alongside the three locations served by longtime community partners. This places us at nine schools not quite half of our, our elementary and K-8 campuses. So I want you to know that we will continue to work this process. In fact, Ms. Bacalor shared we have interviews scheduled for next week. We are continuing to work to add schools to our program. Uh, I've dropped in the link for all, if you will put it up on your social media feeds, everyone out there, uh, those who qualify and are interested in serving children, we invite you to apply. These are great jobs in neighborhood schools near you. I do want to clarify uh, the, the issue with school supplies. I know that this is an equity issue, and around this time of year, lots of things get posted. We want to clarify for, to our students, parents, and families that all required materials and school supplies for learning at school are provided by the school in the district. Now, I do see out there, in fact, I saw some of them today, suggested wish lists of non-required items that are being shared with families and community via PTSO newsletters, school newsletters. I just want to emphasize that those are extras. 
They are non-required items. Parents, you need only send your child to school. We will take care of the rest. Um, Students will have in their classroom all the supplies needed to fully participate in learning. I want to give a staffing update, trustees. We are very fortunate. We've held hundreds of interviews this summer. You just saw the beautiful uh, freshman class of school principals, and I was delighted, along with members of my team, to greet our incoming AAPS staff members. Just a week ago, this auditorium uh, was not full, but there was quite a crowd in this room um, to greet our new incoming members of the team. And I want to congratulate every one of them. A lot of excitement coming in. We have made great progress, and yet we continue to see challenges in some key and critical areas, including special education, both teachers and para positions. One of the patterns that we see are hourly employee positions across many areas, including before and after care, custodial, food and nutrition. We also uh, are going to need to look at a phased process on our aspirational goal of adding a counselor at every elementary school. Trustees, a couple of things have happened over the summer. One is that we saw some attrition among the counselors that we had. And I think all of us knows a counselor or two who didn't return this fall. And so we needed to use the candidates coming in to fulfill those positions. So we will continue to interview and try to hire, but I want to be very transparent and share with you that we've we've seen a setback and we will continue to work toward the goal, but that goal has not been achieved um, at this time. At this moment, we continue a full court press to ensure that our schools will be fully staffed for opening day. I know Mr. Randall had a conversation with edu staff around highly qualified substitute teachers and making sure that we're in great shape there. Um, as a result of the staffing and other challenges, I want to share that our ballast location will continue to operate as a service support center. Uh, that means we will meet folks for meetings. We'll uh, uh, have folks there by appointment rather than being open full-time to foot traffic. We are literally mobilizing every staff member available to strategically support our school locations at this time. And that will continue until we can see our way to a better uh, labor market and a better uh, staffing situation. We will continue to respond in every department to phone calls and email inquiries. We pretty much through COVID have all of our processes on a non-paper, non-face-to-face uh, situation. So we're very grateful for that progress that we made. Now, we've shared our COVID health guidance. I appreciate that many folks um, spoke to this during public commentary. Uh, our primary goal is to keep students learning in school while also balancing the risk of illness and transmission. I continue to be grateful for students and staff, families and community who come together to support the one goal. Students in school 
school's fully open, and everyone as healthy and safe as possible. I do recognize that feelings and perceptions fall along a wide continuum, and yet we will do our very best throughout this year to be responsive and adaptive. I want to clarify, we were uh, fortunate last night to get to join about 55 members of our community and parents uh, at a community um, session, and we appreciated the many questions that they asked, and we were able to share the update on our guidance. We have done a lot over previous years, uh, enhancing our uh, ventilation having our boosters available, um, our vaccination and boosters for every age down to six months. Uh, We are using outdoor settings. Trustees, we have a few thousand home tests ready to deploy, and those will be used in areas as we see cases emerging. I do want to make the point, though, that we have aligned our movement our mitigation movement to the cases and the issues that we are seeing in our own schools. I recognize that some folks perceive that as not the right step, but I just want folks to understand that quite often our staffing challenge, meaning that the adults are not able to be at school, our staffing challenge, our clusters, our outbreaks, do not necessarily occur with the change in CDC level. In fact, trustees, you are all well aware, we often have those challenges occur when we're in green or yellow or red. So we have uh, followed the CDC guidance, and we are asking, uh, we strongly recommend masks when we are at a high level on CDC I'm proud to say, trustees, as I've been in and out of schools, I am seeing folks follow that strong recommendation. Uh, But at the same time, when we see cases emerge, we will add mitigation. The mitigation steps we will add are testing, required masking. Uh, That won't be permanent. But it will be for a period of time. Ms. Bacalor suspects that that period of time may be two weeks or three weeks, depending on how long it takes cases to come back down. Folks are still required to report cases, and we do have all of that up on our website. I do want to point that the 10% threshold is a suggestion from Washtenaw County Health Department. It is not a hard and fast because we are really looking at our ability to staff the school. I do also want to point out, and uh, Nurse Keeley gave a section on this last night, that we are working uh, very closely with parents of children who are immune compromised. We will continue to offer supports, much like we have in the past with allergies and other situations. We are always going to do everything we can to support um, what we can all do to keep our students in school this year. Stay up to date with our vaccinations and boosters. Stay home when sick or symptomatic. Know when to mask. Be ready to test at home and know what to do if you should receive a positive result or exposure. 
So we're excited for this 22-23 school year. Trustees, this is our fourth school year impacted by COVID, our fourth year. And I'm grateful for your support throughout this time and for the community, staff, and student support. We do have a lot of tools, and we will step through this time together. We're very optimistic that it's going to be a great year. We've learned a lot, and we can manage our way through this year. Now, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Ms. Osinski uh, gathered up a few for you. I know you're not able, all of you uh, out there in the audience, to run around to every school. But here are some photos of the activities in progress during summer of 2022. Thank you, trustees. And I'll be available, of course, as always, for your questions following this very brief video. Thank you so much. I want to thank Ms. Osinski for putting that together. Uh, trustees, I always want to express our gratitude to the community. That's $54 million in building upgrades to our campuses this summer. I know that over the previous 10 days, it has looked uh, pretty scary that we might not be ready in some places. And I'll be, as I always am, driving school buildings over the coming days. Um, but I am delighted to share tremendous progress over the previous week, and we are seeing things really come together. Now, I just want to point out that in September, we'll give the back-to-school uh, fall update with the pictures of each school. Uh, in uh, the drive-bys at our schools are the signs with the QR code so that parents can see what work has occurred at their own campus. Um, and then coming up in late October will be the annual report on uh, the capital program uh, bond and sinking fund program. And so folks will have a full accounting of all of that work coming up through this fall. So I just want to thank you all. And of course, we're uh, ready for your questions. My team has had a very busy week. Most of them are standing by via Zoom a few of them in the room, and we'll be ready for your questions. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Swift, for that information-packed update. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast, featuring a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. Please subscribe to our podcast to hear Superintendent Swift talk about important AAPS issues and more. You can find out more about AAPS at a2schools.org.